Good morning. Welcome to this assembly. Our purpose is to do what God has directed and to do that with the attitude and the manner God has directed. We are here to worship Him, to remember Jesus Christ, and in this portion of our assembly to open our Bibles and give our attention to the instructions revealed by God. Every future assembly this year will have these same purposes. We commend you for being here. You're encouraging us by your presence here today, and you're joining with us in the careful study of God's Word. Have your Bible ready with the book of Acts, please, in the New Testament. Open, please, to the book of Acts. In just a moment, I'll be reading the opening verses, and after that, there will be a statement in Acts chapter 2 that will be the focus of our attention. Let's begin by reading Acts verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Luke, the physician and disciple of Christ, wrote the gospel of Luke, and then he followed up with this volume, the Acts of the Apostles. He sent this first to a man by the name of Theophilus to report to him the activity of the apostles and other Christians after Jesus was taken up. Specific instructions were given to the apostles. They were filled with the Holy Spirit to equip them to spread the gospel. The kingdom Christ came to establish had its beginning as reported by Luke in Acts chapter 2, where a number of people were gathered, the gospel of Christ was preached, and those in the audience with good and honest hearts asked what they needed to do, and Peter said, Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And about 3,000 souls obeyed. In that obedience of faith, they were added to the church. They were now Christians. May I, at this point, introduce a very important question. After being baptized, what did these people do? I'm convinced one of the purposes of the book of Acts is to answer that specific question. Luke tells us about the evangelistic work of the apostles and how Christians were involved in that. 
as an inspired historian, he gives us geography. He introduces us to people. He provides compelling narratives of how the gospel spread. But part of this is telling us what people did after they were baptized. I'm going to preach about that this year in 12 sermons from the book of Acts. And I'm going to use this title. It's what Christians do. God is telling us what his people did. And within that history, I believe God is telling us what his people ought to be doing today. So once a month in 2019... I have planned these sermons around this theme. It's what Christians do. And today's sermon is the first. And I'm taking us now to a statement that's made after the report of all these people being baptized. Acts 2, 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says... And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. So they were together, these people who had been baptized. They were together, united. They took the Lord's Supper. They prayed. But there's something else here that will be our topic this morning. They devoted themselves... To the apostles' teaching. Luke is not only telling us what they did. He is telling us the standard they were devoted to in everything they did. Let me repeat that. Luke is not only telling us what they did. He is telling us the standard they were devoted to in what they did. They knew what to do after being baptized because they were given a standard, a body of instruction from God through the apostles of Christ. They were devoted to it in all that they believed, in all that they practiced, in all that they taught others, their devotion to the standard God gave to them through the teachings of the apostles was exhibited. About that I want to say to us, it's what Christians do. Let's get started. Considering this, <clears throat> I want to point out what they didn't do after they were baptized. They didn't just go home and say, well, we're saved now. Nothing else to do until the Lord comes. We are saved. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Our salvation is final. It's complete. We'll just wait till the Lord comes back. Luke gives us no such idea. Anywhere in the book of Acts. He says they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles. And when you read everything after Acts 2.42, that's clear. In everything they did, 
They were devoted to that body of instruction God gave through the inspired apostles of Jesus Christ. It was through the teachings given by the apostles that they learned about the Lord's Supper and prayer and worship and the work they were to do together. To give just a few examples. There are many people today who point back to the time that they believe they were saved or converted and yet they've not been active in their alleged faith since that day. There is a modern expression thrown around all the time about being born again. Are you a born-again Christian, people might ask. And a firm, positive answer will come back often. However, has there been activity to exhibit membership in the family of God? Has there been activity such as Luke describes in Acts 2.42 and beyond? If there has been no activity then what would be one's condition before God, even though there was a point where they made some decision? If there's been no association with other Christians, if there's been no worship, no prayer, except in emergencies, daily living that is worldly, not as directed by the apostles' teaching, then how can one be convinced that they have relationship with God through Jesus Christ. When you read the New Testament, what does it say about people after they had been baptized for the remission of sins? They were devoted to those things revealed by the apostles that they were supposed to be devoted to. It's what Christians do. Something else I want to bring up that these first Christians did not do. They did not write their own instructions and publish their own creed book. Luke gives no impression that these Christians got together and out of some sort of confused consultation with one another, wrote their own rules and published their own creed book. Now, denominations today operate based on tradition and creed books. And maybe you have noticed that they get together periodically, sometimes once a year, and they revise their creed book. They rewrite their own rules. Rules that men came up with to begin with. Some denominations have made drastic doctrinal changes in recent years to accommodate themselves to the world, to the culture, to the voices of change. There isn't anything about that in the New Testament. There isn't any basis for that in the New Testament. Christians didn't get together and write a creed book or a manual of faith to be revised and voted on every year. What does it say here? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. It's what Christians do. People who are baptized 
based on the teachings of the apostles, not only become Christians, they continue to be Christians and they base the rest of their lives on the teachings of the apostles. It's what Christians do. So, somebody might inquire, Brother Berkeley, do you mean that there is one body of instruction from God that Christians are to follow? Yes. Remember I said earlier, the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit to equip them in their preaching and work. I said that because in Acts 1 verse 4, Luke tells us that Jesus told the apostles to wait in Jerusalem to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they did what the Lord said. And when you get to Acts chapter 2, they were in Jerusalem and it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's do some background work regarding that. I'm going to take you back to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We're going to do some background work about this. In John chapter 16, Jesus isn't talking to a large crowd. Not in John 16. He's talking to his apostles. He promised they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. John 16, 12 and 13. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. That's John 16, 12 and 13. What do we need to understand from that? We understand from this the apostles were not the source of what they taught. They delivered truth given to them by the Holy Spirit from heaven. So people who became Christians were not without instruction. They didn't have to publish a creed book, write the rules. They didn't have to conduct a meeting to negotiate some manual of faith. Jesus made sure the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit so that those apostles had and delivered to others all the truth necessary to be saved and live as Christians. And so today, when people ask, what do you believe and teach and practice? We don't hand them a Church of Christ creed book that we published Our answer is, we have the New Testament of Jesus Christ delivered by the apostles who were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's what Christians do. Devoted to the teachings of the apostles. And we now have those teachings preserved for us on the pages of the New Testament. Other passages say exactly the same thing. I'm going now to Romans 16, 17 and 18. 
Romans chapter 16. I'm going to be reading verses 17 and 18. This is Paul, one of the apostles, filled with the Spirit to the church in Rome. Romans 16, 17 and 18. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the simple. There's something in the wording here that has such immediate clarity. Paul said, watch out for anyone who would lead you away from the doctrine. What is the doctrine? What is this body of instruction? The teachings given through the apostles that we have in the New Testament. It's what Christians are devoted to. I'm going to take you now to 2 John. 2 John. And I'm going to tell you that when you just look on that page, 2 John, the second letter of John, in most Bibles will occupy one page. Maybe two. It is a very brief epistle that John sent. And when you just look down that page, or when you just read that brief epistle, there is this immediate emphasis on truth. The truth. The doctrine in Romans 16, 17, and 18 the truth, the elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth, not only I, but also all those who love the truth because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. And you continue to read the second epistle of John, and there is this emphasis on the truth. And that's parallel to the doctrine over in Romans 16, 17, and 18. One body of instruction God gave through the inspired apostles of Jesus Christ. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to the apostles to guide them into what? Did he say in John 16? The truth for us to hear and obey. A singular body of instruction. Now listen to this in 2 John in verses 9 and 10. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, 
Do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. Well, this makes it serious. John says, if we go ahead, if we go onward, if we transgress, we move away from the truth, not abiding in the teaching of Christ, we do not have God. When we, here at Laurel Heights, have contact with people who really don't know what we're about, questions sometimes arise that are very typical. What denomination are you? Where is your headquarters? Why don't you have a big band on the stage? Why don't you raise money with bake sales and raffles and other fundraising methods like other churches? Why didn't you have a big Christmas celebration a couple of weeks ago? Where is your fellowship hall? Most of the time, those questions are really parts of one question. Why aren't you folks like the other churches? You don't seem to imitate or compete or even compare with mainstream denominations and evangelicals. What are you all about? Why are you not like all the others? And there's one answer. We are devoted to the teachings of the apostles. We have a standard. We have a pattern. It's what Christians do. And not only do we have a standard on the pages of the New Testament, we are warned within that standard that if we do not abide in the teaching of Christ, we don't have God. We're serious about this. Because these words were given by God. If you were here today and you were not certain about anything I've said or about a single part of what I've said and you believe you need some clarification you want to do some further study you just approach me and we'll open the Bible if we agree that there is a single standard given by God <clears throat> from that agreement we can open this book and we can find answers and then we can abide within the framework of those answers given by the apostles of Christ. It's what Christians do. Let's be standing as we sing. <coughs> Been nailed to the cross, is thy heart right with God? 